Hi, I'm Michael Woods, Chief Scientist at the Asian Turfgrass Center. This is another ATC Double Cut where I take a look at some of the content on the ATC blog and give it a second treatment where I've written about it on the blog and I then in the ATC Double Cut talk a little bit about it. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a couple of posts. One of them is a quick overview of my visit to the University of Florida, where I went to visit Dr. Kevin Kenworthy, and I also um, gave a seminar to the many of the people who are doing turfgrass research there. It was quite a good time, although it was a very rainy day on this blog post, which is called University of Florida Visit and Seminar. If you'll click through to that, you can see a very interesting photographical essay of the visit. And I think it's very funny because we kept trying to get out at the Citra Turfgrass Field Laboratory. We kept uh, going out to look at various plots of St. Augustine grass and Bermuda grass and zoysia grass. And then it kept raining on us. And we were doing our best to keep cameras dry, keeping ourselves dry, keeping our plot plans dry. The plot plans being used, of course, to identify different grasses. And there are photos of us uh, making a sprint eventually back to the cover of the, uh, of the building there, which is extremely impressive. I've rarely... Well, I haven't been. I've I've never been to a, a university research facility that had such a maintenance building. The maintenance building looks just like a golf course maintenance facility. It's got a grinder. It has two levels where there is some uh, storage. Uh, it's got a lift for working on equipment. It's got a pretty big fleet of equipment and utility vehicles and reel mowers and uh, various types of mowers and office space. And I was just really, really impressed with that facility. We went to campus and I was able to give a seminar and I recorded that seminar. I, I, I called it a quick tour of the research area. If you want to watch that and see what I talked about at the University of Florida uh, during my visit there last month, you can watch that on the ATC YouTube channel. To give you a quick overview of it, just talking about it, what I was talking about in that post, or I mean, what I was talking about in that seminar that I called as a joke, um, a quick tour or a quick overview of the ATC research area. I described some of the work that I did at the ATC research area from 2006 to 2009, and I explained how I closed that down. And my research area now is more of a broader geography, not just at one location, but I do research various projects that I've been able to be involved with all around the world, where we take data from uh, actual turf, professionally managed turf, whether that's something like the MLSN project, whether that's the clipping volume project, um, which also includes some research from golf courses in Thailand, from uh, a turfgrass research facility in Japan, from data that's been shared with me from 
golf course superintendents and sports field managers from all around the world, that type of broader geographic area. And I also talked about the areas of research that I'm interested in, the types of turf grass topics that I'm interested in. I think that that is an interesting presentation. Again, that's uh, recorded and available on my YouTube channel as a quick tour of the ATC research area. And I, I went through that pretty quickly, and you can watch that. Let's see the next post. I, I'm going to talk a little bit longer about this next one, which is what if it was never there? And now we're going to get back to that organic matter topic that I've been talking about a lot recently. And I've also been not just talking about it, but thinking about writing about and doing research about and I titled this one, What If It Was Never There? And what I mean is, what if the organic matter was never in the soil? And the reason why I titled, why it has that title, is because somebody wrote and asked me a question. I'm going to scroll down the post and read that question. A correspondent who's from Europe wrote, um, let's see, what's the question? All those guys, here's, here's a quote from my correspondent. All those guys that used to top dress heavy throughout the season, but now have gone the other way, like Hazeltine and Kea Golf Club, why don't they build up organic matter now when they hardly top dress or hollow core anymore? Why doesn't their OM, organic matter numbers, why doesn't their OM numbers in the top two centimeters change more than they do? My correspondent went on to say, he finds it highly interesting, but I just can't figure out where the organic matter goes. That's the question. Where does it go? Because if you've listened to uh, some of the previous episodes of the double cut, you'll know that I used to recommend a lot of sand and a lot of organic matter removal. I used to recommend every year that every golf course on golf course putting greens apply 12 to 15 millimeters of sand, which happens to be 40 to 50 cubic feet of sand per thousand square feet per year. That is a substantial amount of sand. And to put that into reference. My recommendation used to be 12 to 15 millimeters. Hazeltine last year applied about five millimeters. So they're applying less than half of what I used to recommend. Kea Golf Club has typically been applying about two millimeters of sand. So they're applying um, just a fraction, 20, roughly, yeah, 15%, 20% of what I used to recommend as a standard. So the it, it's something that I also have been wondering too, because I've kind of gone along for the ride as people have applied less sand. And I was expecting that maybe the organic matter would get out of control, but it hasn't. So I have the same question, where does it go? What's happening? And I've been thinking about that. And I responded to my correspondent, asked that question with my current thinking, which is, it's it's a little bit of speculation, but I think it's also logical and it's likely correct 
because um, the logic just makes so much sense. I, I'll quote my answer. For your questions about how is this possible and where does the organic matter go? I don't know the answer. I will speculate here in the email. What I think happens is that the less sand one puts on the surface, the slower a growth rate can be maintained to produce a good surface. I don't think we notice this much when we manage the turf because it seems so natural to spread sand to maintain a growth rate that is rapid enough for the grass to grow through that sand. There must be some organic matter accumulating in the soil at that particular growth rate. As the quantity of sand spread over the surface is reduced, and also the quantity of coring, and that's by coring I mean hollow tine aeration, as the quantity of coring holes are reduced or eliminated, the growth rate can also be reduced. I don't think we notice this on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a small difference when considered as a daily difference in growth rate and organic matter production. But that difference, if added up day after day over the entire year, I think that annual total might be a big difference. And the answer then becomes, the organic matter never went anywhere. It was never there. It was never created. And that's, that's how I got the title of the blog post. The title of the blog post is, What If It Was Never There? And what I meant to say is, I think that as you do less coring and as you apply less sand, you can maintain a high quality surface with a slower growth rate. Because it, it seems obvious, that's why I'm saying that the logic seems pretty strong here, that if you're adding sand in order to have an acceptable surface, you need to have a growth rate. Otherwise, your surface will be more like a bunker than it will like a putting green. And if you're doing uh, hollow tine aerification, coring, you need to have some growth rate or those holes will stick around forever. And I speculate that that little difference in growth rate that we probably don't uh, assign too much importance to, just thinking, well, it's normal that when we core, that the that we need to have the grass actually growing to, to cover those holes. And it's normal that when we sand top dress, um, it's normal that when we sand top dress, that we have a growth rate in which the grass leaves will grow up through and over that sand. That seems very normal because that's the way that we typically manage turf. However, what if we can actually grow the grass slower? If we never create that organic matter, maybe we can have a corresponding decrease in the amount of sand top dressing and in the amount of um, organic material that is actually... Um, well, we'd have a reduction in the amount of organic material that's produced and a reduction in the amount of sand top dressing and uh, organic matter removal that would actually be required. I think that one's really uh, an important one. And it's, it's definitely the way that I'm thinking. I'd be interested to hear from you if that makes any sense or if you think that there could be something else that explains why the organic matter is not accumulating 
out of control in, in these golf facilities that are applying a little bit less sand than they used to, a little bit less aerification than they used to, and still the organic matter is just fine. It's it's relatively flat over time. It's quite interesting, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in an upcoming AT Double Cut episode. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. From Salem, for ATC, I'm Michael Woods.